this is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that he practices every day that allows him to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader helps us understand how he has kept focused on his dreams and through that, he's learned how to fail forward through everyday obstacles as an entrepreneur, a husband, and a father. His strengths as an entrepreneur have helped businesses understand the advantages of disruptive advertising. This intentional mindset as a leader is one that you too can apply every day to live your life with success. Jacob Badsgard is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show 40 starts now. Welcome to the program, Jake. Thanks for having me, Melanie. Yeah, Jacob Badsgard is our guest today on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. And Jake, you're my second millennial on the program. I'm super excited. You don't have to be I am 50. <laughs> you don't have to be 50 to be on my show. A lot of people say, what's this all about? You know, and, and so this year it's about inspiring people through 50 stories. And we connected through just, you know, I get a lot of requests for, hey, I'd like to be included. What are you doing with your program? And so we connected just because of that, because we're both kind of in this space of inspiring and helping people. And so I pulled you in because I think you've got a great story to share. So thanks for being on the program. Well, I'm grateful to be here with you. Yeah. So you really focus on disruptive advertising. That is your company today. But I want to help our listeners connect to you because as I learned about all we're doing in in social media and marketing today, you've got a great kind of business model for to help people get connected to what their message is and their brand. So help us understand. I know you're going to take us through the story, but help me. Um, you're in Provo, Utah, and talk to me about how you got into this space of advertising and and marketing and and technology. Yeah, you bet. I. What's interesting is I've always been more inclined on the on the sales side of business. Mm-hmm. And and knowing that, I actually got a more technical degree. And early on in my career, I took a position uh, with a company, uh, a hot public company here locally in Utah called Omniture that was later bought by Adobe and uh, actually worked with Fortune 100 companies to help them integrate their marketing data with their sales data so that they could actually understand what was driving revenue and profit Mm -hmm. uh, for their organizations. And so that was how I got my career started. And when you see that much data and what's working and what's not, that's where I started to see trends and patterns and and what was working in the in the digital marketing world and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got introduced to it. Mm-hmm. So more of the analytics that everybody says, you know, when they talk about value and, and what you're actually able to accomplish, it's show me the data, right? If there's no data, then you're not, you're not effective. So you learned that really early on. A- absolutely. Moving past theory and looking at what actually works and, and having the numbers to back it up. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. So from learning from that, how did you then kind of make a shift? Because you were there a few years and and what moved you to the next level? You know, there was uh, one experience that actually comes to mind that, that has certainly meant a lot to me. 
Uh, when I first started there, as you can imagine, I was uh, super excited. I had just recently finished college. Um, I thought this is going to be fantastic. And I got paired up with uh, a mentor that, that we just didn't quite gel very well. Um, and, and how I was supposed to be trained, uh, had a couple of clients that were difficult, uh, had a trainer that I just, just it, wasn't, it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And so I actually felt like a big fraud. And I thought, man, maybe I'm not as talented as I thought I was or as my professors make it out to be. Um, and what am I going to do like this? You know, I was kind of kind of nervous that things weren't going to work out. And I remember one day that there was an individual in the office that we had become acquainted in my time there. And he was walking by my desk and he just said, hey, Jake, how are you doing? And I like we all say, I said, I'm, I'm doing fine. <laughs> and and this individual read right through that. And he said, you're full of crap. You're not doing fine. I can tell. <laughs> Um, I've always been a guy that wears my emotions on my sleeves a little bit. And so he proceeded to sit down with me and kind of understand what was going on. And Melanie, for the next couple of months, he just spent an hour or two with me every day, mentoring, answering my questions, um, holding me accountable, and really just giving me the support and uh, that I needed at that point in my career. And and what was interesting is uh, he gave me the confidence that I didn't have in myself at that point. Mm-hmm. And he had no tie to me professionally. I wasn't on his team. There was nothing in it for him other, other than uh, he just did it because he wanted to do it. And, and that was one of the experiences that really influenced me uh, a lot in terms of the type of professional that I wanted to be. And, and more than that, the kind of person that I wanted to be in the professional world mm-hmm. where we, we do the right things even when there isn't something in it for us. Mm-hmm. And that just takes you back to, you know, that can be people that are all around you that you don't really recognize, and you know, and they're always watching you. And so as you know, people always, and I'm going to just jive in right here because people talk about millennials and, oh, they don't know how to do anything. They don't learn like we do. They don't see what we do. And it's not true. Everybody is the same. It's the people that are around us that, that we're always being watched and influenced and we can always gain knowledge from, you know, the, the people in our same space. And so I love this story because how someone just reaches out and picks you up, right, and says, hey, I see this in you, and I want to help. I want to be a support. I want to be a mentor. So that's pretty amazing and that you were able to connect to that person and say, hey, this is going to be great. You, re, you know, and you see the response uh, back from him just pouring into you. So that's so great. People need to really just be aware of that, right? The The law of awareness teaches us so much that if we begin to know ourselves, we can uh, really start to improve, figure out ways to help improve ourselves. So having a mentor in your life is critical. Uh, so learning that early has helped you, you know, really kind of put you on that track for success early because some people don't find that for a long time in their life. Yeah, I, I agree. And what was interesting is, Melanie, I've had a job since I was eight years old. I, um, I grew up in a family. There was, there was 10 kids in my family. And if I wanted new clothes for school instead of hand-me-downs, I had to go figure out a way to earn the money and get them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- this was a, as I was kind of jumping into my professional career post-college, you know, that was an experience that I'm with you. I, d- I don't know how that influenced things long-term, but I know that it made a huge difference for me and definitely changed the trajectory. And so 
uh, just super grateful for that moment. And it, and it kind of brings me back to that moment when I realized that I was looking for something different. I've actually never had a job I didn't like. You know, I've, I've served ice cream. I've had a paper out. I've cleaned up uh, messy school classes. I've done just about everything, construction. Um, and, and, and my first job out of college, I loved it. And I remember after being there for a few years and sitting down for my uh, annual review and, and just looking at my numbers in terms of uh, my performance over the last year compared to my peer set and really being uh, an awesome performer, did, having done fantastic and outperforming everyone in, in, in all the ways that were measurable and being sat down and told, hey, uh, super grateful for everything you're doing. Uh, we're, we're lucky to have you here and we're excited to give you something like a 9% raise or something wow. like that. And I remember sitting there and thinking, huh, it seems like if, if I work at level X, I'm going to get compensated at level Y. But if I perform at 5 or 10X, my peers, I'm going to get compensated at like 1.1Y. <laughs> and, and that was my moment where I, I didn't have any hard feelings towards the organization that I was at. I just, I just realized, oh, it's time for me to look for something different. <laughs> um, and as I started to look for something different, ultimately realizing that, that for, me, for me to get what I was looking for, I was going to need to start something on my, of my own. That's mm-hmm. so true because people look at, uh, I love that you touched on this because, you know, being a millennial, it's, it's like, hey, you have the same perspective that everyone in the world does when you begin to realize that you have value bigger than what you're currently doing. You see yourself in a different role. You see yourself being able to do bigger things. You have a bigger vision, right? And there's nothing wrong with staying in an organization. But when you begin to understand that you have strengths within you that can build the future for whatever your dream is, right? That's when you have to be able to understand what it's going to take next, right? What it's going to take to be able to put the people around you, to put the processes around you and to (laughs) jump, right? Not be fearful, but then say, what is that next step that I've got to learn that I don't know, right? Was it going to go this way or that way? Um, yeah. So what, what did you learn through that? You know, what was interesting is I, what I thought I was going to do is not what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. I thought that what I would be was a freelance consultant that helped companies uh, track and use good data in their marketing, mm-hmm. right? And and help them on the data side of things. Because that was your expertise, yeah. That was my expertise. Yeah. What I found was that even when I found the insights and had all the data, they didn't know what to do with it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, most companies lacked the bandwidth or expertise to do anything with the data. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that's that's what started leading me down the disruptive advertising path, mm-hmm. which was, okay, we're going to help you get great data and... Here's how we're going to help you make use and get value from that data. Awesome. And that's what that's what started pushing us down the path of digital advertising, tracking everything and 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 showing what was working and what wasn't and not approaching things as a marketer but approaching things more from a data standpoint. Mm-hmm. And and saying, "You know what? All these ideas are great. Let's test them and let's see what works and and the data has the last laugh in terms of uh, whose opinion was right." That's right. Well, I'm I am in the medical world. And so I know when you say this, it's not just about, you know, advertising, right? (laughs) It's all about numbers and research. You know, we all want to prove what is effective and what's not. And, and so you lean towards your scientific measuring of 
how can you prove, right? How can you prove that this is the direction that is going to be most responsive? And so when you when you talk about social, you know, marketing and media and disruptive advertising, that is huge for any company internationally, right? We all need to tap into this because as as organizations, as businesses, as entrepreneurs, the branding, right? How do you brand yourself? And then how do you get the social media pieces to respond to what you want to change in the world, right? Whatever your message is. So I love this theme because I work with a lot of people. I coach a lot of people and they're looking for this next step. They're like, well, I know this, right? I've got a podcast or I've got these sources on Facebook or I've I've learned the feeds on Facebook, right? <laughs> to be able to populate people to follow me more or Instagram. And it's all kind of this trajectory of what's the next best thing. Um, so with data, you can figure that out. You can get there a lot faster, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So how cool. <laughs> this is an awesome conversation. Uh, you're going to be, your phone and your email is going to be ringing off the hook. I just know it. Uh, so tell me, when you when you think about how you started um, and, and you've been doing the disruptive advertising for six, six and a half years or so? About five years full time. Five years full time. So when you started this, and we talked about this offline, but take me from, you know, thinking about doing this to the things that you actually thought in your mind, the fears that you had, and what that looked like. And then what what were the things that you put in place to kind of overcome the first fear and then the next fear and, and what got you to, you know, more of a, I can do this and I'm on the right path because that's what a lot of people do. They get stuck in, okay, I know this, right. And you knew people need the data, but they don't know how to use it. So take us back there, close your eyes. What happened? What happened? And what got you past that first fear to be able to keep moving forward? You know, what's interesting is as you're talking through that, I think, man, I actually have overcome a lot of fears that get replaced with different fears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it brings me back to early on. And, and really, the, the first big jump, I think, for any entrepreneur is is quitting your full-time job, mm-hmm. right? And and stepping away from the uh, the comfort of a good salary and benefits and and realizing that, all right, now it is like it is up to me, and there are no excuses in terms of I am that this is on me at this point. And there was a few things that I did a little bit differently, um, maybe not differently. The, the way that I did it was I actually did uh, intentionally wait until we were in a good financial position to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got married at a young age; we had kids, and. Um, so it did feel the, the pressure of making sure that I could provide well for a family uh, and, and the basic needs that we had. So I did make sure that, you know, we actually got ourselves to a point where we didn't have any debt. and Our monthly expenses were a grand that we had to pay mm-hmm. between bills and those sort of things. And, and then had some good savings. I then seeded the company to get going. And so I did take some precautions there. I didn't just jump. Uh, you know, we were in a situation where, you know what, we'll be fine for a year if this doesn't work out, and then I'll go figure out what to do from there. Mm-hmm. And and from that standpoint, I uh, jumped in and went for it. And it was scary. It was scary to go from 
doing some freelance on the side and having a good salary to boot and having a lot of these things going to, all right, I'm now investing this money in a lease. I'm now investing this money in hiring my first people. Um, I'm not going to take a salary for a little bit. Uh, and and taking that jump, it was scary. Uh, but it, But also waiting until I was in the right position to do that really allowed us to accelerate our growth mm-hmm. where things uh, didn't have to work month one. I could I could take the time to do things a little bit more the right way. And, and ultimately, it helped us hit the ground running a lot faster and didn't have to go that long without taking a salary, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of, it speaks to um, one of the things that I really teach is this law of design, right? So, and, and we talk about maximizing our ability to grow and to change. And so what you just walked us through is, you know, if if you had not planned and prepared and said, I need this much and really understood that, it doesn't matter if you have the dream. You're you're not setting yourself up for success if you don't really right. think into it and plan it because you can still have a dream and be unhappy because, you know, maybe you have a lot of bills, right? And you think, well, I'm not supposed to be in this corporate environment. I can't, something's pulling me but you haven't taken the time to step back and really say, okay, intentionally, I need this. This is our budget. This is my responsibility. You know, I can't just kind of step off the deep end and say, well, I don't want to be in corporate America anymore. <laughs> you, <laughs> because then that's going to be tragedy. <laughs> and that's yeah, going to be a big failure. <laughs> I was going to say you can, and uh, that, that doesn't always lead to good endings. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's so true. I love, I love that you've tapped into this because there's just a lot of people in our world today as things are changing and – you know, we look at kind of the generations and and people that grew up with computers versus those of us that took typewriters to college, right? <laughs> and so, and you think about all the information that you can get today, if you want to do something, it's right at your fingertips. And you Absolutely. can get it immediately, you can connect to people immediately, and, and tap into smaller circles that can really help you get where you want to go. So uh, thanks for sharing that, because I think that's the design of figuring out how to get through your first fear is is probably the most essential. Uh, and if you can do that right or get the right mentors and strategies, then you're going to be a lot more successful as you go into that next phase. So when you started hiring people um, and and kind of building building that business, what was one of the, the first kind of like, aha, uh, I, I thought about this, but then maybe we had to step back and tweak it a little bit. Well, there, there's definitely uh, along that journey, a lot of aha moments. And what I realized along the way, uh, especially early on is how much of my self-worth identity and value as a human being, I was associating to the success of my business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was very easy for me to overindulge uh, from a time, energy, and, and everything um, to, to put that into the business because I found myself kind of in this cycle of even when things were going well, it was never enough because if things stopped going well, then then what, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and really placing a lot of my identity on, okay, we're a fast-growing company and as soon as we're not a fast-growing company – well, what's left? You know, who am I at that point, and and what value am I bringing? And so that was one of the challenges uh, 
that especially early on and to some degree always creeps back in, mm-hmm. right? I think for, at least for me as an entrepreneur and, and being able to disassociate the value, my, you know, self-value and, and that of the business and, and be able to keep both in perspective. Gosh, well, you know, you t- tapped on something because uh, when there's a lot of people in sales that I've been around my whole life and, and you always kind of put yourself in that category that you just spoke about. If you have the right product, if you're in run, in front of the right customers, you have the right relationships, you know, the company that you work for values you as a performer, right? And and so then you see yourself and others see you as this kind of top, you know, you give what you have to, you're always engaged, you're doing all the right things for the customer, but then maybe some things change out of your control and in a corporate environment, and, and that kind of looks differently for you, right? And that does change how you see yourself. And so that's really interesting because as an entrepreneur, you're talking about it in the same kind of context of you have to judge yourself and you have to be careful, right, to set yourself up with the strategies to think like, here's my value no matter what, right? I, I have to be able to give and design the time in my life for my business and the growth of that. And if I'm consistent in what I'm doing, then all of these other, you know, things, these variables can also stay constant. And so that's, that's a huge lesson of how you see yourself and then what you can do to keep those consistent things in your life to be able to live your life with success and not be, the, the ebbs and flows, if you will, right? Because those are going to come. Um, but it's really how you how, how you kind of step into that. Well, and I think that as, as an employee or as an entrepreneur, uh, professional success is a drug of choice for a lot of us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really is. It's a way to disconnect from challenges and personal relationships. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a way to disconnect from a lot of other things. And the reason why is we live in a world, especially here in the United States, where uh, business success is really touted as one of the ultimate uh, things, right? Your your success in business really is is viewed and valued above and beyond perhaps other uh, characteristics and attributes that would matter more. Mm -hmm. And so it, I think it really becomes a drug of choice for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. It so does. So how do you as you were growing in this process, how did you stop and just kind of, you know, take time to reflect on your success and then what you were going to do to kind of, you know, re-navigate or change directions when you needed to? <laughs> well, there, there's a few things that we've done. Uh, the organization has grown quite a bit, you know, from the time that I started in my basement to now we've got about 120 people in the organization and some good leadership uh, in the company. And that's been five and, years, right? Yeah. Yep. Amazing. And so there are some luxuries that come with that in terms of volume and stability and leadership and those types of things in place. But what I can tell you, Melanie, is that there's always a reason to stay out of balance if you want to. Mm-hmm. And so some of the changes that I had to make uh, were looking inward and identifying that I had some personal challenges and struggles that I needed to overcome that were independent of the business. And, uh, and so decided to go ahead and, and, uh, uh, worked with a therapist, uh, for a time we've, uh, my wife and I have gone to marriage counseling and found great support and strength in that. 
I found a great business coach who's kind of been there and done that in terms of uh, growing and being part of uh, owning an agency and, and that side of things. Mm-hmm. And really just went and found, hey, who are the people that have successfully navigated the things that I am struggling to navigate through uh, and and getting their help? Mm-hmm. So how did you, and I love, I love this because so many people are afraid. Again, that's a fear, right? The fear built into the what success looks like is saying that, hey, there's something out of balance. And who am I going to get to help me get back into my rhythm, back into my balance that I need? And so being really intentionally aware of those things, saying, here's the values that I have, right? So when you write down your value list, it's my family, it's my faith, it's my fitness, it's my, you know, financial, it's all these things that make up who you are for success. And it's this balance. So when that feels like it's wobbling, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. you, you got to figure out where the safe zone is so that you can kind of build, build your nest around you, if you will, that, that protection and get those people that can be your mentor in those departments, in those areas of your life. Because going really strong, we see it a lot in you know, we watched athletes, right? We watched them perform mm-hmm. at this high level and they have financial success. But but maybe they didn't go to college because they came right out of high school and they were like, hey, you are such a great performer. You're going to go far. We're, we're going to take you. We're going to pay you millions of dollars. And then maybe they have an injury, right? And so mm-hmm. building the, all of those things to protect kind of your mind and, and your abilities – to succeed in life are so important as you go through this change. And, um, and so what you've talked about is so critical, having the resources and, and the maturity to say, Hey, I need to step into this space now and I need to have other people be able to help me through, through these things that I'm learning. And, uh, and that's, that's really, really important because lots of people will say, I was too afraid to do that. I was too afraid to admit. I was too afraid of what that might look like to other people. I was afraid that it may, I may be comparing myself to, and they didn't do that, right? Yeah. And, and so coming from a family of 10, where do you fall in your family? Um, number six of 10. Number six. So when you when you look at that big family, and um, it, that's really critical too, right? Because it's, am I able to move through life like my older siblings have? And what kind of response do I have to kind of show my younger siblings, right? What this, what this is going to look like, what the pressure is to kind of have people looking up to you. Uh, and, and I coach a lot of people on this, so I think it's really intriguing that you brought this point up. But uh, how did you select the right mentors to get you through all these stages? Well, I've had different mentors along the way, and uh, and I haven't been afraid to change it up if I need to, mm-hmm. um, or try try one out, and if it's a good fit or if it's not. And so I definitely didn't bat a thousand here. I've tried several. Um, and have made some changes and, and gone down that path. But that's really, uh, my experience has always been just give it a shot, see if it works. If it doesn't, try something different. 
And I'm, I'm a lot more of the philosophy of just fail quick and figure something out <clears throat> mm-hmm. rather than uh, being paralyzed and trying to find the perfect solution and never, never making any progress. And so really I just found a couple, tried them out and, uh, and then just kind of move forward. Some of them are just uh, also through general networking and relationships that are just built naturally as well and getting recommendations and referrals and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But most of the time it's just trying a couple out and seeing where we land. Mm-hmm. I love that. So when you talk about failing forward fast, right, let's just get it done. <laughs> let's just get it over. If I did a disc personality profile on you right now, I, I know where you're going to fall. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, some people have different strengths. And so if they see themselves as saying, hey, I would, lo- I would love to be an entrepreneur, but I, A, I'm not financially able. I don't have the courage to change and get rid of my daytime job because I have responsibilities, right? And so moving through that, getting the right mentors and knowing that, hey, it's okay, start networking, start getting involved in groups that that have people that can coach you through these things, that can get you set up. And it doesn't happen overnight, but with the planning that you've talked about is the critical part that a lot of people say, you know, I want change, but I'm not willing to change to get there. Right? <laughs> That's yes. what we hear a lot. You just have to say, what is the value? How important is it to be able to get where you see yourself? And if you can do practice strategies and and learn from people around you. And, you know, I think, too, what you talked about is so great because understanding that the first person might not be the right person and giving yourself the opportunity, you know, to experience other mentors. And, and so put top, your top five on a list, you may get down to five before it really connects to you. And that power of connection is huge. Uh, that can make, that's like finding your spouse, right? <laughs> you might date a lot of people before you find that right one that really says, this is who I can go through my life with. Um, but that's the same thing with a mentor. If people have never experienced that at a level to take them where they want to go in a profession or career um, or anything, you know, exercise or um, a sports career or a financial career. Um, Dave Ramsey is what I think about. You know, he's one that a lot of people connect to to get financially fit. And so what um, what do you think has been one of your biggest trade-offs? Because you're young. You've still got a lot of things that you want to do. But what do you think at this point in your life you you would say is a, a trade-off to get you to where you are? You know, it's interesting. This is actually something I've been thinking about uh, a lot recently. And... <clears throat> couple of things that come to mind. I graduated from high school. I uh, went on a church mission for two years to South America. I came back. I was married within five months of being back and jumped right into school, finished college in three years. I just went uh, all, all year long, took a lot of credits. We had a kid during that time. Um, had a lot of uh, community responsibilities, was working full-time, doing all of those things. Uh, I look back, and uh, from my peer set, I didn't, I didn't have a college experience the same way that a lot of the, uh, my peers did, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I didn't have the same type of uh, experiences those ways where I kind of just jumped into life full speed really quickly. And, and, and I look at that, and the interesting thing is, you know, we, we had kids quickly. We, we got through college quickly. I got into a career quickly. And so I do find myself further along in those ways, but I did miss out on, on some of perhaps that personal development, figuring out who I was uh, before trying to do that while being married and with a kid and working full time and doing school. Right. Mm -hmm. And so those are some of the things that'll be interesting. You know, we'll we'll have our kids raised when we're, we're still not uh, that old. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, some of those experiences will come full circle then. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really true because (laughs) I love this again. Uh, This is really great. So thank you for sharing at this level because this, some of this, you know, information is really personal and can be sensitive around, you know, what has been going on in your life to make you successful. But that's the core to inspiring people. They want to be able to understand, like, have I done that? Am I able to do that? Can I make those decisions for my life to help me, you know, get to where I want to go? And so everybody's on a different journey. But what you've described is you gave up some things because you're building your character growth, right? And you have decided, people can say, yeah, I have thought about that, but I never really decided to make that next step. You did. You had a plan. You went to college early, you got, like you said, you got married, you had your kids. And so looking at five to 10 years down the road, you know, you're going to be able to now plan for the things that, you know, I hate to say (laughs) work hard, play hard, but you can kind of describe what you want that next journey to look like uh, and be able to, you know, maybe help other people, right, with those same decisions that they're having going through those stages. And you can become that mentor next, right? And so uh, when you look at all the things that you have to give back now, Jacob, what uh, what do you think modeling or expanding or kind of, you know, helping the people behind you, what does that look like for you? You know, I've always had this mantra at, uh, at work, and it, and it applies for my personal life as well, is, uh, you know, I, I, I go to work. I work my butt off so that I can provide well for myself, my family, and have enough extra to to make a meaningful contribution in the lives of others. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer that you can't have your cake and eat it too. And so, um, and and I'm also a big believer that you don't have to wait to do that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, from from the time that we made next to no money to now, uh, as a percentage, we probably uh, have always. Uh, looked for opportunities to be generous and to do those types of things. And uh, one of the things that when I look back at the people that have had a substantial influence in my life is I want to make sure that I can kind of pass that forward and uh, pay it forward, so to speak. And so one of the things that I I do try to do uh, now is internally in the organization, uh, as well as with uh, colleagues or friends or those types of things, I very frequently take one-on-ones or interviews or uh, things like that where people are looking for a mentor, guidance, and direction. Um, but I also found that a lot of the times it's not uh, that's not where I have the most to give. And so we actually have a committee internally where people can identify things in the community and in their, in their personal networks where they see a need uh, that needs to be addressed where we can step in as an organization to 
to help out, whether that be financially with some manpower, with some emotional support. And uh, rather than trying to be a, a mentor and a guide for people, I try to just give them the environments to become that themselves. And so uh, people will submit those ideas. And if they are selected from the committee and they're within our budget and, and ability to do, then they're in charge of making it happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we, we rally around them and support them, but they lead us and they make it happen. And I'm, I'm a big believer in we all do our best when we're placed in an environment where we can grow because I think most people do step up to the plate and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, they're just not in the right environment. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's what I try to focus on is creating that for uh, you know, people at work, myself at work as well, um, as well as my personal family and network there. Mm-hmm. That's so great in being able to influence people to be at their best, right? To to tap into things that they feel are important and critical to add value to others. That that's the epitome of a leader. So, congratulations! You learned that very early in life. <laughs> You're going to make huge impacts in the world, sir. I just want, I'm so glad that we're connected because I can't wait to watch uh, what's coming next. So wh- what are you, what are your plans next? What is, what is kind of your business, this disruptive advertising? So now that you're helping these clients, who are you most connected to? Who do you want to help? Who can we help connect you to in this process? Yeah, you know, there, there's two things. I think there's the personal and the professional side of that. Um, on the personal side, I actually operate um, at the direction and, and nudging of a business coach to always have a, a, a very well-documented and uh, described vision of myself in the next three to five years, mm-hmm. um, described in detail of what I expect that to be. And then I review that on a weekly basis and make adjustments and updates along the way. Um, and so that's something that I've found a lot of meaning and value in that keeps me motivated and, and helps keep me more balanced. Um, as far as uh, my organization is concerned, we, we have a goal to uh, become a $100 million organization by 2025 that helps uh, 2,000 companies uh, drive measurable growth through the marketing efforts that we help them mm-hmm. with. And so that's that's what we're looking for. Uh, that's about uh, six times where we're currently at. And so that's uh, no small feat for us to accomplish. But we're excited to, to figure that out and make it happen. So you have 120 employees right now. How, what, what would, uh, so six times that, so you want to be a little bit under a thousand employees, um, making this happen by 2025. That's right. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. So, um, I want to help you get there. (laughs) I think you can get there. I know you can with the things that you have in place and that you have learned about what it's going to take to build the right kind of people around you as well. Uh, There's so many things that we've learned about leadership and leadership really is influence and being able to, you know, lift others up, create value around those for yourself and those around you and the community. And so you get kind of the 10 stars, Jake, you've done really the things intentionally uh, in this world that are going to help you continue to create success. And you're really open to the things that you're going to learn from that, right? Understanding that to get to that next level, you're probably going to fail a couple of more times at least <laughs> and have to navigate and learn uh, what that direction is going to look like. So I can't wait <laughs> to continue to tap into each year and, and watch you as you grow through this. Uh, pretty amazing. I I just want to, 
I want to thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any last kind of uh, teaching lessons for us of people that are stuck looking to be able to take their their business sense, their energy, their dream to the next level? You know, the thing that um, that, that I would just reiterate here was taking the time you know, and for me, this is taking a couple of days off from work, um, removing myself from my normal environment, and just giving myself uh, almost as a as a person observing myself in the future and just describing who it is I want to be, what I want my relationships to look like, um, uh, the kind of person that I want to be, the way I'd like to see the business and my opportunities. And I think that just taking the time to visualize it, document it, and review it regularly and giving oneself the flexibility to adjust it and to mold it and to make those sort of things. I think it's just so helpful to keep the, the present in perspective uh, and and also keep a forward-thinking momentum uh, towards what's next. I love that. Keep the present in perspective. That's going to be kind of your quote for this. <laughs> I love that. Well, Jake, thank you very much. I'm going to give you your day back, and I really appreciate you connecting, coming on the program Um, You will be show 40 and chapter 40 in my Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 journal. So I really am so glad that we were able to to get you into this year's show and the program to inspire others. So thank you so much. We will keep connected to you and and I will um, invite you to the Leadership Summit that will be March 2nd in 2019. If you have it open in your calendar, Uh, We're going to have the Leadership Summit here in the Indianapolis Art Museum uh, for people to connect to some of my guests. And I invite you to to come to that if you have an opportunity. That would be awesome. Yeah. So so thank you again for being on the program. Have a wonderful rest of the year in 2018. And thanks for being an everyday leader. Thanks, Melanie. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jake. This is great. That was, Hopefully that uh, address help, helps your audience. Uh, it will. It will so connect to them. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate this. This just inspired me. I was like sitting on the edge of my chair going, oh, my God, this is exactly what I was hoping for. So, um, yeah, this just takes our listeners on a journey, and it really creates the the understanding for people, the, the ones that I hear from, you know, and that's what's kept me going on this journey is – Everybody really wants to understand what that that fear, that scarcity, that, you know, it's not going to be perfect. And and so many people are just afraid. And I'm like, I'm not afraid, but I know there's other people that aren't afraid. Let's talk about it. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, but awesome. Well, man, thank you very much. I'm going to give you your day back, but I'm going to send you a quick um, just email. I need a couple of things. Your address, your... Um, some photographs, anything that you would like for me to, to post show 40 is, let's see, today is 39. So this will actually go on next Sunday, um, as we recorded this. So I left this open so we could get this in because I really wanted, uh, wanted to get this out as far as my 29th and my 40th show for millennials. (laughs) So it's perfect. Um, and then any kind of a bio that you want me to, you know, I'll put it on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook and, um, that I can help people connect to you. 
right? Any, anything that you want to share or talk about, just a little paragraph and then any photographs that you have maybe of the business as it started to today to help people get a, a visual, right, in your family uh, would be great. So I'll just send you a little note for those things. and uh, Yeah, send me a note and I'll make sure I get that all to you. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you very, very much from the bottom of my heart. I'm so glad we connected. And when I come out to Utah, I'm going to look you up. We're going to connect. I would love to. And for sure, keep me posted on the uh, the conference in March. That would be fun. I will. I will. I would love to have you come. So it's a, I've, I need to kind of, I've told everybody, oh, I'm going to get this out. And I've been like absolutely swamped all week. <laughs> but uh, my intention is by the end of this week to have that first kind of, you know, I'm just going to put a, um, I, say, I hate to say my first book, but it really will be. It'll be the leadership, um, everyday leaders. 50 and 50 and everybody will have a chapter and I want to put a journal kind of behind that so that people can connect to your your podcast they can connect to your company they can watch you grow as a leader um, and then that'll you know that'll just kind of be one of the things that they receive at the conference and, and then I can teach from it as well you know as I as I kind of go out into my own businesses um, and what I'm doing with my own company so it's pretty cool Perfect. Pretty cool. So Perfect. Melanie, it's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. Have a wonderful day, and uh, and we will connect soon, okay? okay? Sounds good. Thanks, Jake. Bye. Bye-bye. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis, Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful New Fields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.